Welcome to Bad Hasbara, the world's most moral podcast. I'm your host, Matt Lieb, and I'm here to take you on a journey, a journey through the world of the greatest PR campaign that I think we've ever seen since I, one of the Jenners gave a Pepsi to the riot police. We're going to be talking about Israeli propaganda, Hasbara, Hasbara, if you are going to choose to pronounce it correctly. I am not. I've decided that um, I'm going to pronounce it uh, wrong because who care? It's a word that uh, very few people know. And uh, the only people correcting me on it, um, you know, seem to be people who I bring on the pod. And I'm like, yeah. That's fine. If you correct me on it, you probably should be on this podcast because you clearly are talking about this stuff. Um, just a reminder, five stars in a review on the Apple uh, podcast app. Um, give us five stars on Spotify. Listen listen to the podcast. Biggest reminder. Uh, once again, I want to thank everyone out there in the, in the YouTube space uh, for going on YouTube and, and being like, I, I, I'm going to watch this podcast. Obviously, I appreciate it. I love when you look at my face. But that being said, uh, I don't make no money because everything gets demonetized. Uh, sometimes sometimes I get a little bit, but it's like so little that I'm like, I can't, you know, I can't, I can't f- feed my family on it. So um, why don't you just join the Patreon instead? Patreon.com slash Frotcast, F-R-O-T-C-A-S-T. You join the Patreon, you get uh, you get this show, um, you know, you get other shows that I do talking about The Wire. Those are the, you know, me just talking about other stuff are the usual shows. This is an offshoot. This is like some shit that I just started for, for funsies. But now that I'm here... Why don't you pay for it? So go to patreon.com slash broadcast. Thank you so much for for your um, donations. And uh, I also recently found out about a thing called like super thanks or something where people or like super comment where someone will say like, great. And then it'll they'll give me $5. I didn't know you could do that. And I love that. Everybody do that. I want to see hearts in the chats. And I want those hearts to be filled with money because I need money. But... If you are just going to freeload, that's okay, too. I thank you for being here. Um, All right. Today is January 9th, 2024. We are, what, 95 days into the the war in Gaza? War in the biggest air quotes ever. And our guest today is a dear, dear friend of mine. Uh, If you know me, then you know her because you've listened to her on such podcasts as The Daily Zeitgeist or on her own podcast, Ethnically Ambiguous. Ladies and gentlemen, everyone else, our guest today is Anna Hosnier. What's up? Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So good to see you. How have you been? What are you you doing? What's up? (sighs) You know... Alive, well, scared. As All you those do. things. 
Yeah. Just unwell. Sick. Unwell. Yeah. But Famously why? unwell. Why? What's wrong? <laughs> I don't know. Why'd you start this podcast? <laughs> you tell me. I was bored. Um, um, let's do a little bit of an update. Let's talk about what's going on in the news. You know, we got some fun little news. Uh, you know, let's round it out. Let's say what happened. Um, Israel is starving Gaza. This is according to B'Tselem. This is the Israeli Human Rights Organization, and I will share my screen for those of you who insist on watching video so that you can also see what I am seeing, okay? Um, here we go. So, this is from B'Tselem's uh, Twitter uh, account. The 2.2 million people of Gaza are going hungry. This is not a byproduct of war, but a direct result of Israel's declared policy, which denies them food. Gazans now depend entirely on supplies from outside, as they can no longer produce almost any food for themselves. Um, <clears throat> most cultivated fields have been destroyed, and accessing open areas during the war is dangerous in any case. Factories and warehouses have been bombed or shut down to, due to lack of supplies, fuel, and electricity. Stockpiles in private homes and stores have long since run out. Uh, instead of allowing enough food into Gaza, Israel is letting in only a fraction of the amount entering before the war with limitations on the types of goods and how they are brought in and how they are distributed within Gaza. Um, you can read this whole whole thing. Links will be provided in the show notes. Uh, B'Tselem's uh, got a got a whole article about this in which they uh, factually get into everything. And um, it is, uh, you know, it's one of them war crimes. It's one of them war crimes that you look at and you uh, and you go like, uh, well, South Africa is going to win, right? You know. <laughs> Like you, you look at it and you go like, I don't see how they can, how can they, how can they lose this case? Well, if Israeli human rights organizations are the ones saying it, it is crazy to me that they would even have a shot at winning at uh, the ICJ. You know? Well, I guess that all depends if they hire Al Al Dersh. Uh, Dude, you know, if they get the Dersh on it, I mean, he he helped get OJ off. Maybe he can help get all of Israel off. <laughs> I mean, he definitely can. Uh, no, so I have you read the the suit or have you gone through the suit that South Africa filed? No, I actually haven't gone uh, through the details of it. It's actually, it's so incredibly detailed. Like mm -hmm. I, South Africa, God bless you. You really did the goddamn work. They got quotes left and right from every single person who's ever said, or who's ever brought forth any sort of genocidal rhetoric. They mm -hmm. got that. They got it quoted. They got timestamps. They have every single detail. Like they are here and they're like, oh, well, go off fuck yourself, sir. So I'm like- yeah. Yeah, I mean, really, you know, truly, I, I have nothing else to say, but inshallah, like, <laughs> yeah. as my mother would say, yeah. we have something with this suit. But, you know, of course, it's Israel, the powers 
at B, you know, the majority of the European Union, America, mm-hmm. all the stupid fucks, Canada mm-hmm. are pro-Israel. So yeah. it's like you're you're pushing against this massive, massive wall being like, hey, remember human rights? Yeah. Just remember the yeah. law? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> remember international law? Yeah. We are a court. <laughs> remember the reason we set up the court? Yeah. Like, why yeah. does anything exist if Israel can do whatever the fuck they want? Yeah, it really, so. you know, you bring you bring up a great question. It's like one of those things that uh, I think everyone is coming to terms with. And, it, and it's it's something that I think brick by brick has been, um, you know, discredited. This idea of like this international law and international community that mm-hmm. exists in order to um, kind of. The UN? Uh, yeah, like the UN or, um, you know, like the ICC or the ICJ, like all of these uh, international courts, Interpol, any of that shit, where there was always some like in your head as, you know, in your child brain, you said like, there's this uh, like uh, world court, there's this world law that we all like practice and we all like hold ourselves to a particular standard and if you see something you know if a country doing bad things you know then they're gonna get in trouble and i think or they're gonna get a strongly worded letter from the un exactly or they're gonna get you know the president going hey cut it out guys come on hey uh uh-uh that's not cool Mm -hmm. don't make us invade like that's kind of always felt like you know America's role is this like world policing, which has never been true, nor has it ever been a good thing. They've only ever policed anything that was in their interests. Right. A- and uh, but I think even even having that kind of mentality, you know, knowing that to be the case, this still flies in the face of everything where you're like, oh, there really is like there really is zero recourse. If the United States is backing something, uh then the rest of the you know western countries follow and there's really nothing that can be done you know there is no there is no like uh uh you know it's not like the brick countries have their own court that they're gonna like they don't have their own hague in which to hang war criminals of the west so uh yeah so it is kind of interesting and it kind of like uh bleeds into what's going on with our democratic politics too like I know that you and I are both cynical, but was there ever a point um, in which you thought like um, possibly Biden would be like, all right, guys, that's enough. Let's do a ceasefire now. Or did you always know he was going to be this bad shit about it? That is a really good question. You know, I can't even really. I feel like there are days I choose to feel a delusional hope where I go like, mm-hmm. all right, now we've hit 10K. <laughs> now we've hit 15K. Yeah. Now we've hit 20K. Right. All right, we have surpassed 28,000. You know, like mm-hmm. now we're all basically at 30. Like every time I'm like, is this enough? <laughs> They've blown up every hospital. They've blown yeah. up every universe. Like mm-hmm. I feel like I always in the back of my mind, I'm like, it's this time but you know i don't i don't imagine i think also just deep down you know having been doing a podcast about the middle east 
for years. I don't really have a lot of hope when it comes to uh, sort of treating people in the Swana region as humans mm. with rights. And yeah. so, like, I'm so used to that lack of empathy and, like, that treatment and the sort of, like, unwavering uh, support of Israel that I guess, like, I remember... You know, I think it was October 9th, like I had a mm. phone call with one of my uh <laughs> uh I my bosses, I don't know. Oh, okay. Uh whatever they're called, but I remember being like I don't want to work anymore. They're going to kill them all. They're going yeah. to kill like remember like screaming at someone mm -hmm. in my kitchen, they're going to kill them all. And I think like I and in that moment, like this is literally maybe eighth or ninth, October eighth or ninth, soon, mm -hmm. so close after October seventh, that in my heart of hearts, I knew it's over. Like yeah. they will, uh, they will allow Israel to ethnically cleanse Gaza, mm -hmm. potentially the West Bank. They will kill all the Palestinians if they are given the ability to. And that was so early on that, like, and mm -hmm. that was truly like a moment of like absolute like weakness for me because normally i don't start screaming they're gonna kill them all but like i had just been <laughs> yeah. like I've known literally you for a long time yeah, yeah well you, you, you have never once screamed that in my face no but you here's the thing screamed, i just gonna been... kill some of them you've, <laughs> you've said that but i've never heard well, you I, say I them all i had also just been like slammed with like five thousand instagram stories of like i stand with israel graphics and like yeah. truly had been like felt yeah. like I was like dying internally and had been so gaslit by this concept of Israel, like mm -hmm. being who we need to support in this moment right. that I had fully, I think, snapped in that moment. And I remember my superior being like, yeah. And that's like all he could really say. Cause like, you <laughs> know, there was nothing to slowly. say. It's just like the facts yeah, are there. They're, like they're going to kill him. Yeah, because I mean, that's it's like I just knew it. You you just you could foreshadow something so easily because we've seen it happen so many times in mm -hmm. history. Yeah. You know, it, and once it, it, I was able to snap out of that a little and be like, OK, like you can't just be like this can't be the rhetoric you go with. You need to like, you know, we want a free Palestine. We need to work towards a free Palestine. And I was able to come out of that. Yeah. But like. That's where I began. Like that's yeah. that was where I was like, fuck. Yeah, no, same. And and I think it puts you in a category um and uh I think a, a category of people that um I have come to find out were sort of a minority um in like most like in definitely most of America but even in most liberal spaces, which is uh, someone who's competent enough about um the history of uh the uh quote israel palestine conflict um that you knew immediately after uh the hamas attack on the 7th that uh this was going to be used um as uh you know a pretext to do an ethnic cleansing yeah and um and not every you know i want to say not everyone knew that uh because it's obvious not everyone knew that but i i think it also um it comforts me in that it explains why such a large percentage of people i knew went fucking crazy when i would say anything about what was going to happen eventually um right 
and you personally, I want to hear about uh, if you have any that you'd like to share, any personal experiences of people that you know who have uh, either went crazy on you or um, or people that you know who have, you know, uh, gotten in trouble uh, because of uh, this whole snafu. Well, I mean, I, I, we, we've really, we have witnessed, you know, the new McCarthyism. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I do know people who've been like dropped by their agents or, mm. uh, the represent representatives, whatever what representation yeah. goddamn industry, uh, <laughs> because of being pro Palestine. Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah, I do know people who are deeply, who have been affected by speaking out. Yeah. Um, I myself have not been affected. I, I think I'm, I'm very lucky to be working with a group of people who are open to discourse and understanding what's going on in the world. Yeah. Um, I've always actually I, been super, uh, the, one of the reasons that I love you and, uh, that I, um, you know, talk to you about this stuff as well is you were, you and Shireen were the only people uh, I had ever heard this is back when I first was listening to your podcast years and years ago, um, who actually would openly talk about and criticize Israel, uh, who held down, who were doing it for a podcast network that, you know, is a, a business, like an actual, like company, like iHeart. And, right. uh, it was one of those things where I, um, where most people we know just kind of avoid these topics, uh, especially if you're in the entertainment industry, because you're just like, why Why would I, um, you know, I'm already working so hard to have a career in something. Why would I even fucking go there? Um, like, why would I knowingly put it, uh, anything at risk? And you guys kind of said, fuck it. I heard you guys doing jokes. Uh, I remember you guys did an episode where you were talking about the history of... Um, uh, uh, Gamal Abdul Nasser uh, in uh, Egypt. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I was the first time I heard people doing like, uh, like comedians talking about Nasser just like <laughs> in a bit and like half of it, you guys just randomly went on a tangent about how like, it wasn't it crazy that Bill Clinton put a whole cigar in, inside of someone's oh, vagina. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, this is, I think this is my favorite podcast. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you. Our show is batshit. <laughs> it's insane. It's what it's yeah. it's one of the things I love about it because, like, you know, uh, obviously since the seventh, you know, uh, you guys have been focused on what has been going on uh, in Israel. But it's always kind of just been these like series of like inane and hilarious and often educational conversations. And um, uh, but yeah, you guys have been talking about this for fucking ever. So I I I kind of like look at. Uh, you guys is uh, inspirational in terms of like being brave enough to actually just talk about this shit. You know what I mean? Well, I will say it started out very slow. You know, mm -hmm. it was like we would mention it, we would like really feel out the waters because we yeah, so yeah. clearly had a viewpoint in the uh, in the how sensitive are people to anti-Zionism? Well, yeah. yeah, and then you know we started getting like emails to like the head of. At the time, it was how stuff works before we got purchased or acquired by iHeart being like, right. this show is anti-Semitic. You need to take <laughs> it off air. And then they would 
What's crazy is they would like forward us this feedback and we'd be like, please don't send us this sort of stuff. Like this sucks. We don't want to see this. We're clearly not anti-Semitic. We're clearly like doing like very good like research on like mm-hmm. anti-Zionism and being actually quite careful to not repeat anti-Semitic tropes that like, mm-hmm. you know, our, our criticisms are valid if you just like, you know, I don't know, opened up Al dot com at any mm-hmm. point in your life. You might That's be able right. to like read up on some actual facts, not, you know, hidden away by some like IDF monitor through CNN. So right. like <laughs> it just was like, you know, you had to just keep pushing through. And I'm not, you know, I will not lie to you. There were days where I'd be like, I can't do this anymore this is miserable like no one wants to hear what you have to say and like it's sickening the way they treat palestinians in this world and like how they act like you know what israel is doing is for their own safety when it's like that's just killing people right yeah no it is just uh that is just murder and it's just apartheid and just ethnic cleansing you know just those things yeah (laughs) Yeah. For sure. And no, I have a friend who joined the IDF and he used to be like, used to be pretty close. And now he just yells at me on Facebook Messenger. <laughs> well, that's fun. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I think there's a reason you're not in the IDF anymore, but I'm not going to call you out on that. But I'm so I'm, I'm going to be Damn. I'm going to be empathetic to your experience, even though I don't believe in what you went and did. But mm-hmm. I get a vibe when I look in your eyes that you're not well from your experience. So there's yeah. a reason you're back here. And um you know, constantly sending me messages like, it's not what you think it is. And I'm always like, please, please stop doing this. <laughs> please stop. Yeah. He wants to come on my podcast. And I'm like, I just don't think it's going to go over well. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to say that's going to go over well. And I really would rather not even like put you in that position. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since it's like, um, there's, the, uh, since I started talking about this stuff, um, I mean, I guess, constantly and more publicly i have been um uh urged to debate the most random people i have right. uh, i've ever heard like people i've never heard of like i i talk shit about uh a streamer named destiny do you know who destiny is if it's, it's on the, twitch on twitch i i think twitch or youtube uh the young kids know who he is um, he wrote a, uh, so apparently there was, there's kind of like a few people after the 7th, October 7th, who decided, um, like they, you know, these are like political space, you know, streamers, right. And they decided they needed to pick a side and they just went with Israel. Um, and they have since just doubled and tripled down, uh, you know, having had no, prior knowledge of the entire situation i think this guy destiny learned um everything from wikipedia which is like listen you can learn a lot of good stuff on wikipedia um but i think if you're just gonna like skim it um you might get the wrong impression uh that everything started on the 7th and um yeah and I did some like, you know, I some post online about the fact that he's like now posting like kind of like right wing memes and stuff. And I was like, is this guy just like pivoted to has he done a fash pivot? Um, and uh, and then he quote tweeted me uh, and then all of his like weirdo sycophants started going after me and they're like, why don't you just debate him? debate him if you're so smart and (laughs) i think there's nothing funnier than a bunch of than like a grown man uh twitch streamer who's like a politics guy 
and his like army of 12 year old sycophants who think that owning debates is the highest level of political discourse like there is no discourse without someone getting pwned um and well that's the thing it's like what what can he say like genocide's okay right there is no debate well, the, I mean, that's the thing. It's all, and this is like part of, I think, why the idea of a de- of debating as kind of like a way to find out where you stand as a viewer is like bullshit. Because we all know mm-hmm. it's just like, it's just conflict engagement. Like, right. it's the only thing that the pro-Zionist side has or the pro-Israel side has is rhetoric. All yeah. they have, they don't have facts on their side. They have uh you know just kind of a particular narrative that they were are going to use multiple sources in order to reinforce and just use that as a way to say like you know um if you disagree with me you're anti-semitic or you're lying or you're this or you're that and so the idea of debating that is like it's it's counterintuitive to like what i would think of as like a useful way of turning people to your to your side because especially if you're someone who is not going to admit to simple ground rules like like i've i've found when i talk to other people about this who are zionists and i'm trying to like understand i say okay can we start here though you recognize the there's a power imbalance between um like Palestinians and Israelis, right? Like you recognize that Israel holds the power in the cards. And most people are like, no, I will not, I will, I I won't concede that, which is an insane thing to think about. Uh, you know, it's like one of the ways in which like Israeli Asbar has been really effective in that people still to this day truly believe that Israel is just a small bean is just a, a scared little country surrounded by um, big by bad, ISIS. Uh, yeah, by ISIS, just big bad Arab baddies. Yeah, who are just like just sitting by and rubbing their hands and waiting to destroy Israel. Yeah. Um, so that there, it's the only way that their narrative ever works. Um, and so when they just famously also get like you know almost four billion in aid every year you know this actually reminds me just that that this always i always thought this was so funny that um when sarah silverman had her moment and (laughs) posted that we should cut off all water and food and electricity into gaza that like one Mm -hmm. of the talking points was that like well it's not our fault that hamas hoards billions of dollars and i just every part of me thinking that you think one of the world's billionaires is hamas (laughs) yeah yeah like I mean, do you know what that would make like the gdp of like like gaza right i mean like the, what are you guys talking about that yeah i mean it's the conflation of like the purported uh personal wealth of um you know a, a hamas commander or official yeah. or someone who is living in exile they did the same thing with the plo all the time right. uh, when they were living in like tunisia they'd be like all these like you know, rich Tunisians out there, uh, or, or all these rich Palestinians out there, and it's like, okay, you're talking about a corrupt official uh, who does not live in the West Bank. Uh, you know, you're 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 talking about like what I would call like standard 
like political corruption and then trying to be like, therefore, we you know, have to kill them. <laughs> yeah, therefore, like, everyone no. in Palestine, they're actually, you know, uh, if, if they want to blame anyone, you know, blame their blame their leaders for the reason that we're doing apartheid. And it's just so it's so disingenuous and it's so uh, like clearly coming from a place of like trying to um, uh, trying to blame Palestinians for their own suffering. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, one of the things that I'm going to bring up today is uh, it has been 95 days of all of this. And um, I think that we have, um, you know, uh, the line, the Hasbara talking point for the last three plus months has been that we got to get the hostages back. And more and more, I think we get kind of bogged down in the like daily everyday details of what's going on, you know, now in fucking in the, in the North of Israel and their fight against uh, Hezbollah. And like, uh, just that we forget that their entire impetus for this whole thing has been, well, we got to get them hostages back, bring them home. Um, it's been 95 days. They'll get to it. It's been 95 days. Uh, did you Do you want to know um, how many hostages have been released yes. due to rescue operations from the IDF? Please. One. Ugh. One. And, uh, hey, gu- recent- hey, guys. And we have a few more to go. <laughs> we got just uh, one down. <laughs> how many oh, more months of this? How many more months of bombing? Um, it, it's just like, uh, and, and so recently, uh, the, uh, you know, Israeli state's uh, head, head bitch in charge of uh, Hezbollah, uh, Elon Levy. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this uh, particular punk ass. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, he recently went on uh, one of them British shows. I don't know what it's, uh, you know, it's uh, one of them British shows uh, to uh, talk about getting those hostages back. And he was uh, confronted with this very fact. And I have a clip for everyone. For going in to Gaza was to get those hostages back. As of December the 22nd, only one hostage has actually been rescued, as opposed to either being released through a prisoner exchange um, or any other method. Has that number increased? We have uh, 110 hostages who have been released, mostly as a result of the hostage release pause that we agreed with Hamas, where in exchange for giving it a break in the fighting, it released hostages. Now, we hope that that framework would continue. And it could but does Israel know where then. these hostages are? As I say, only one hostage has actually been rescued, which is part of Israel's reason for going in. And of course, there was this incident before Christmas where IDF soldiers killed three of Israel's own hostages who were reportedly running at them saying um, help in Hebrew, half naked, wa- waving white flags. Yeah, really a, really a tragic incident that shocked the whole country. I, and that's why our strategy now is to put unrelenting military pressure on Hamas until it begs for another breather and is willing to release the hostages. Uh- so, um, what? Just just to make that uh, clear and cogent to people, um, the uh, the military strategy 
of being unrelenting towards Hamas um, has thus far been um, disproportionately murdering uh, civilians indiscriminately, displacing 1.9 million people now. I believe there are, you know, I think... Uh, a couple hundred thousand who have yet who, who are still in their homes in the south of gaza going all right <laughs> yeah. but 90 percent of civilian infrastructure has been uh destroyed in gaza um and obviously you know uh, not to mention the starving of the people and all that all of this is when he says we're going to put enduring military pressure on hamas until they give us the rest of the hostages uh that is just war crimes. That is just him justifying the war crimes thus far as being the tactic for getting hostages back. The 130 plus hostages who have been released thus far have all been released uh, only due to a ceasefire. Sure. A, a ceasefire that was negotiated between Israel and Hamas at the, uh, you know, um, uh, with the protestations of a vast majority of the Israeli uh, Knesset. The only reason that they were uh, agreed with in the first place was due to pressure coming from the international community and from within the country of yeah. people going on the streets and saying, give us our fucking hostages back. And, and like literally Israelis who are, you know, for the most part, I think they're, they're not pro ceasefire. I'll say that. Um, but who were like, who do care about their own people yeah. their, their own family who they know, you know, if they know they are a hostage and are still alive, they're like, can we, can we just, can we pause the ethnic cleansing for a second and get people back? And then we can return with the ethnic. Well, cleansing? I mean, I think a lot of them just want to go back to the quiet apartheid versus oh, yes, 100%. more like I mean, genocidal yes. apartheid. Yes. Uh, I mean, but also I think a part of, you know, what got those hostages released is that they also released Palestinian hostages. That's right. That have been kept in well, Israeli prisons with no charges, no mm -hmm. clear uh, explanation of if they're actually going to go and see a court date. No, they're just being held in like the absolute most desolate conditions in yes, this Israeli administrative prisons. detention. Uh, yeah. is uh, and you know yeah they are uh, subject to in the occupied territories military law, which is basically whatever the military. Decides. Which means if you have a rock in your hand, you're a terrorist. Even if you don't have a rock, if you are suspected of having hands that might do rock throwing, you can be taken from your home in the middle yeah. of the night and put in a detention uh, facility, which you've been put in prison for no fucking reason for as long as they feel like it. Yes. Um, so I think these... that that was a huge part of getting those hostages released. And also, I mean, the fact that he can go and sit up there and be like, you know, we're just going to move in more military force to further, you know, genocide this group of people. Uh, it's it's all here's the thing. They're so goddamn humiliated. Yeah. Every aspect of what they've done is just another step of humiliation for Israel, which, look, yeah. you know, they're all just trying to be like, no, that didn't happen. No, no. Uh -huh. it's like no. got that. They're trying to posture their way through this genocide while we can all literally see them with their ass hanging out being like, mm -hmm. yeah, but I saw the video where that dude dabbed up a Hamas <laughs> member. Like, <laughs> I don't know about you, but that's no. a bad look. No, they were all they were all um, on Ativan. 
uh, they that's right. They, they were all drugged up. They were all drugged up, and you know, one of the and things I famously is, I love to be like, "What's up, bro? It's good to see you. All right, dude, have a good one." Whenever I'm like on drugs, I'll tell you, as someone who is a recovering uh, opiate addict, 14 years sober now, one of the things that I love to do was. Um, take a little bit of heroin and forgive my enemies <laughs> yeah it was just one and of also just walk yourself to different vehicles mm -hmm. and like oh, fully cognizant fully cognizant just going around hugging uh using absolutely. crutches for the heck of it why not yeah, <laughs> yeah. no i mean yeah the, the the uh the the competing narratives here of like you know um, Hamas is good actually and and took care of those people and they all love them and uh and Hamas raped every single person man woman and child who they have in captivity uh obviously is a false choice right like yeah. we uh we can simultaneously say kidnapping people uh you know is is not a humane or a nice thing to do um while also uh trying to be like and everything Israel says that happened, just take it with the largest grain of salt. Take it with a mountain of salt. Yeah. Pretend Mount Everest is just a giant thing of salt. Take it with that. Um, and uh, and know that uh, whatever they say is um, going to just be used in order to keep decent people uh, quiet from, you know. Sure. And I think one of the biggest things is we're getting, um, like even like every correspondent we hear from or even just like you know it's minister of whatever it's always like it's always like minister of agriculture wants genocide it's just like, it's like the randomest people you're hearing genocidal rhetoric from but like yeah. none of it has any backing like they're all fed their you know they're all fed their lines they know what they're supposed to say mm -hmm. and everyone has the same rhetoric of like you know, we have to protect ourselves. It's all self de self defense from Hamas. We don't right. know what's happening. You don't know if Hamas is eating that aid that's coming in through. Like, mm -hmm. what if Hamas gets like an apple? Like, what happens then? You know, it's like all the same They'll rhetoric that's it. truly like delusional and like right. really just like I don't even know. Like, it is truly is shocking to me. Like how people absorb this information mm -hmm. and how like in order to be taken seriously you have to condemn hamas while you we're watching like i don't know like we're watching delusion on our screens and we're watching people ha all say the exact same thing mm -hmm. and the mainstream media picks it all up and i don't know like i don't i guess i just don't I don't know what happens next outside of just a furthering a genocide. Like, I don't understand, right. like, what happened? Like, the human condition is not well if we accept right. what they're putting out. Right, right. Yeah. Like, where do we go from here? Right, right. A hundred percent. This is, I think everyone has been kind of wrestling with, the, uh, with that, at least I have as well, wrestling with that exact thing where it's just like, you um because part of you wants to be like you know come on come on matt you can't there are things out of your control in life you sure. know what i mean there's just some things that are just bigger than you you know and um you can't 
focus your energy on them. You have to, you know, focus your energy on putting positive things out in the world, not like tearing things down, but but building things up and blah, blah, blah. And, and also just like the general public feeling like this total, you know, sense of helplessness. And I think what makes it worse is for those of us who don't want to be helpless, for those of us who want to take action and want to go protest and want to do civil disobedience and whatnot, um, finding that all of those actions have not moved our own government an inch, yeah, not an inch, you, it turns into a point where you go like, you know, I've always like cynically said like, you know, hey, you're voting for the lesser of two evils here. You know, do you want yeah. the the blue corporate shill or the fucking red corporate shill? But now it's just like, you know, I, I, I've always only 75% believed that. But now I'm like, I think I 100% believe that this is not a representative democracy. And uh, yeah. it just kind of like, there's this, Great moment this week with uh, Mehdi Hassan, um, who, if you don't know uh, Mehdi, I mean, if you're listening to this, you probably know Mehdi Hassan. Uh, he's a MSNBC uh, Peacock TV journalist, uh, you know, formerly Al Jazeera English. Um, he uh, was, his show was recently canceled on MSNBC. And, uh, and so he decided that he was going to just leave. Uh, he did his, his last ever um, MSNBC uh, show, and he announced in that very show that he was no longer going to be working there and that he was basically going to uh, carve out his own path and see, see what happens next. Um, anyways, he on, on his show, uh, he had the... Uh, great Gazan um, photographer and photojournalist um, whose name I can't pronounce. Uh, Motaz, I know. Motaz, yeah. Uh, uh, Az, Azizia. How do you Azizia. Pronounce? Is that it? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, Shereen would be a better person. She's better with the... I, I say Arabic words and names with a Persian pronunciation because that's what I'm <laughs> yes. used to. But yes. Shereen knows the is better obviously because she can speak arabic so she's yeah, the one yeah, to ask yeah. how to pronounce it um but uh motaz yeah you you've seen his work for sure yes. um he is uh he's out there in gaza documenting everything and um he had this to say on um on i believe it was Medi's last show and i just thought it was like so poignant and so perfect um and this is re with regards to the idea of like you know people in the west um and you know w whether they're pro-palestine or anti-palestine you know whether whatever um and talking about freedom and freeing palestine and all that and just he kind of flipped it on its head in a way i thought was really um brilliant uh, and i have a clip uh, the first message is uh, don't call yourself a free people, a free person, if you can't make changes, if you can't uh, stop a genocide that is, is going, is still ongoing since the, the first day. We are so close to be a hundred days of, of murdering and genocides. So don't you call yourself a free person if you can't stop someone to kill someone else. 
because uh, what I witness here that all the world is uh, is ruled by a people that uh, no one in the whole world can say no to them or that they, they can't stop them. So nobody shall call himself a free pay person if he's uh, watching another people, another human being get, getting murdered in front of him, a live show by uh, a young photographer who's ju just coming to show the world that uh, and he, he can't stop this. Uh, people call, call Mortez like a hero, a sober hero. Mortez didn't choose this. this. Mortez didn't want yes. this. But uh, I don't want you to justify what is happening or to forget about what is happening by calling someone a sober hero and forget the people who are under like tons of trouble and uh, they died there by a missile. Maybe you, you shared with uh, the ta your taxes to to sell or to yes. give it to to the occupation. That I thought was um, kind of a, a a brilliant statement. Yeah. The idea of like, uh, you're not free either. You know, like we talk about like um, wanting um, a free Palestine. And I think like one of the things that uh, people in this fight have, some have known for a long time or some have like thought like myself kind of had in the back of my head, but not maybe fully taken it in. Um, but that, you know, we just want the Palestinians to have what we have, you know, like uh, a, a live in a in a non-apartheid uh, democracy where they count, where they matter, you know, where they 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 aren't just like herded like cattle into these open air prisons. You know, we want them to have liberty and freedom and all this stuff. And just the idea of like him, I don't know, the, uh, just in the way he put it, like, remember, you're not free. You're not free either. If the fact is, is you can sit back and you can watch this and you can uh, and uh, and what 90 percent or what is it? it 90 percent of the Democratic Party of Democratic Party voters um, want a ceasefire. And we can't get that. You know, we, we actually we're not able to that hasn't that pressure has not gotten through to our elected representatives. It's like this this whole situation to me i'm like realizing like oh fuck like we aren't we are also <laughs> we are also not free um in a way no when our government is run by a massive lobbying group from another or for another country mm -hmm. or for, there is yeah. no democracy right it's run by lobbies and run by money and yeah. run by people who don't have the interests of their, you know, constituents at heart more so than they had the interests of keeping their own personal power. And that power uh, is, you know, uh, dependent on people who are uh, like going to give them money or not to continue running, you know, like these, these, the fact is, is that we are We've always, you know, d criticized the United States for being a country in which uh, money runs our elections and stuff. And it's always been kind of just like, hey, you know, we're also kind of corrupt, too. But you look at this now and you go like, oh, fuck, we're straight like every third world trope about, you know, uh, corrupt, uh, corrupt officials in a government and fucking wherever else in the third world. Like all those apply to us. 
we we can't we literally cannot stop the uh the Israel lobby from uh like setting the narrative yeah bo both in Washington and on like a majority of our like 24-hour news outlets and and uh, in our in in our journalistic institutions like that is fucking wild I mean, I know it's like for most people, they're like, oh, yeah, duh. <laughs> Have you known that? And it's like, yeah, I've known that. But it's just like it's never been in such stark contrast where you're yelling, please stop killing the babies. And people are going, no. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they're yeah. being like, um, are you out of your mind? <laughs> yeah. Like, wow. I've never heard something so anti-semitic before has stopped killing the babies <laughs> yeah it is um it's dark but i think like uh i think he's he's got a point that um i think a lot of people are feeling like where you're just like what and and i think you touched on it before of like you know what what happens to us like psychically if we just continue to let this happen you know without without there being any kind of consequences and i and, and i think i on a purely stupid electoral point i i i fear that for the you know for the 2024 election the idea of people either skipping or voting trump or whatever like uh, you know this is not something that i endorse i'm not saying go vote trump but i, I like n now more so than ever do i understand the idea of a protest vote that would, you know, knowingly make things worse, but you're doing it just as like, it's your only, it's your only like recourse. It's your only lever of uh, power is to just be like, fuck you. I'm voting for this guy or fuck you. I'm going to make sure you lose by not voting. You know, it's like, there's a, uh, and again, you know, I'm not someone who's very precious with my vote. Um, you know, I live in California, so I can vote however the fuck I want to vote. Um, but yeah, man, it's like dark. It's like, I'm like, fuck, I, I get it. Like in 2016, like people hating Hillary that much. I always just like, listen, I don't, I don't like Hillary, but this Trump guy is a fucking asshole. Um, yeah. you know, uh, but like this is like the one time where I'm, I'm start like, I'm starting to understand the protest vote idea and, and the idea of just like making Dems lose because fuck them. And, uh, and you know, I've said it for the last few months that I'm not, um, I'm not going to browbeat anyone into voting like this time. Like, I mean, I never really browbeat anyone, but like, uh, the idea of like people just being like, Come on, you gotta you gotta vote for the, you know, lesser of two evils and whatnot. I'm just yeah. like, ah, I just can't I can't bring myself to, to even sort of back that thinking. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm too far gone. I'm so deeply cynical. Of course, I would never vote for Trump. I think my path mm -hmm. would just be to not vote at all. Right. Um. I think. You know, I've been literally telling people, like, prepare for another Trump presidency mm -hmm. because this government has failed us on all levels mm. from the overturning of Roe v. Wade to Israel and Palestine to this genocide. 
uh, to student loans. Yeah. We have seen them fail us over and over and over again. And yeah, maybe the genocide was the last straw. But for me, it is the absolute disregard of Middle Eastern, Muslim, Palestinian people. Uh, that is, uh, you know, may, obviously I'm a Muslim Iranian American woman living in this country. So that hit the hardest, even though I am a woman and abortion, that was pretty fucking devastating. Oh, sure. Uh, but this is something that's gone so deep knowing that people who look like me, people who are like basically my family members mm -hmm. can, we can turn a blind eye to their death has made me really just really really horrified to be in yeah. this country and to support anything this country does i am really really honestly frustrated that i have to pay my taxes this year like i've never i usually i get my taxes done i move the fuck along i compartmentalize this mm. year a part of me was like why am i even paying taxes to I kill <laughs> these people like what are we i don't want I, to contribute to this anymore and, know. you know it's the sort of horrible capitalistic system we're stuck in um but i don't also even hear people when they say like well what about your vote you're gonna just do is you're gonna get another trump presidency i'm like well that's not my problem i'm already being treated like a second class citizen yeah this doesn't yeah. change anything for me i don't have to step up and protect the like liberal whites who don't want trump as a president that's not my problem anymore yeah. when you posted i stand with israel you told me i don't and our people and Muslims and Palestinians do not matter. Right. And so you, di you did your work. And now yeah. I'm not going to stand up and do the work for you to get your little genocide Joe back in office. That's not mm. my problem anymore. Yeah. And so that's where I'm at. It's like, there's nothing you can say to me. Like, I can't even hear when people are like, well, the thing you understand is that Trump's going to become president. I'm like, yeah, bitch. And Trump pulled a Muslim ban. And yeah. guess what? My ass is still here. So at this point, there's nothing else you can do that's going to like further like, you know, I'm already yeah. I'm gone, baby. <laughs> Mentally, I, I am gone. This I shit know. doesn't even this shit rolls off my back now. The things I've seen happen <laughs> to this country, you know? Yeah. And yeah, yeah, that is the most cynical place you can be. But I mean, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to I tell you. I think cynical implies like almost um uh negativity for negativity's sake but at this point it's like the cynicism is just based on facts so i think it's just almost um it's just being it's being a a realist and not a and and not someone who self-flagellates that's what it is it's like you're a realist you know what the consequences are um and you don't really see them as being like uh you know like like Trump is more incompetent, like you know. There's, there's. I under, I kind of understand people even like being like, I'm willing to take a chance to see if he, you know, tries again with a Muslim ban or tries because because the way liberals are talking about it, like, oh yeah, vote for Trump and then there won't be any Muslims left. Are you happy now, you fucking Muslims? <laughs> like, <laughs> just like the liberal yeah. racism of like electoral politics that it brings out in these guys is like insane, and um. And yeah, and you you you're looking at it, you know, from a realistic point of view. It's not it's not even cynicism because you're you're right, <laughs> and and so uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it's all a big bummer. It's why I can't really even think about electoral politics because it just makes me more mad because all you know having backbone 
at the State Department in the in the in the White House, like in our government, and having at the very least an understanding of optics. I mean, that's the crazy thing is they don't even fucking care about the optics. Usually, that's all they care about. But they they know they're like the fucking Twitch streamers. They they're dug in, and they're like, well, these guys aren't going to vote for us anyways. And if we backtrack now and don't let them do the full ethnic cleansing and genocide, then we're going to lose those voters too. So we just have to keep going with it. It's like they're just dug in. Yeah. And um, and that, I think, is so much more cynical than being like, fuck you, I'm withholding my vote. And I, so that's how I feel about it. Um, before we get out of here, I want to ask you why you're not more like this guy. There's a there's a man who I found on on Instagram who uh you know, he used to be someone who hated Israel. And um I just I look at this guy and then I look at you Anna and I go, "Why can't you be more like this guy?" Okay. Let me play him for you. Man loves Israel. It's true. I really do love Israel. You see, Pakistan is a nation that is extremely hostile towards Israel. I was taught by my culture to hate Israel and to hate Jews. Even in <laughs> Pakistan, their passport allows them to travel to any country except Israel. Kasim was raised by Muslim Pakistani parents in England with the father who even used to praise Adolf Hitler. And by his early 20s, he had been so radicalized that he made plans to return to Pakistan and joined an Islamic terror group. But okay. that all changed. One day, he came across a book called The Case for Israel and decided to read it, believing he could debunk the arguments defending By Alan Dershowitz. However, he couldn't. He couldn't In 2007, Kasim came to Israel using his British passport, and what he saw changed his perspective. He witnessed Jews, Christians, and Muslims living together, not under apartheid, but together in coexistence. Is so rather than yeah, being no. a radical, Kasim was radically changed. He eventually left Islam, became a Christian, and is now a deputy director at one of the biggest pro-Israel Christian organizations in the world, Christians United for Israel. Although he experienced rejection from his family, he was brave enough to speak up. If you grew up anything like me, let me tell you this. Go explore, get outside your bubble, and if you can, come here and see it for yourself. Because what you're taught is not always the truth. Kasim is the perfect example of how love always triumphs hate. And sometimes it just takes. So Wow, there's a lot to unpack there. We don't have time. We could do a full episode just on that video. <laughs> it's true. I did hate Jews. That's my favorite part where it's just like, it's true. I was a piece of shit. Well, it's also I like. I used to be a piece of shit. You were raised by like a radicalized islamic like father who worshipped adolf hitler oh like what god. the fuck oh my god that's not okay oh. you should have just been like this isn't okay yeah there's you don't a, have to go full israeli there's a bit of an overcorrection if and yeah. if that's true you're just like uh, that you don't think you overcorrected a little bit oh overcorrection just... understatement he was, he was going to go to Pakistan and join an Islamic terror group? Yes, but then what I read one book. By Alan Dershowitz. By who? A famous rapist. Who's named over 300 times in the Epstein docs that got dropped recently. <laughs> Just recently. Just like being someone who was radicalized by the Dersh is, um, I mean, it's beautiful and it's Red wonderful. Flag. 
It is a big red flag. I I I love it. I mean, and like, the, here's the thing. I get it. He was a religious person who went to a very like holy land, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but was not able to sort of separate what he was experiencing from the Israeli pop- propaganda all around him. Yeah, I mean, listen, I I look at that whole that whole video and I go like, uh. This feels mostly fake. I mean, there's yeah. no part of me that's like even wants to to take apart the experience because I'm just like, wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. So he's still he a up, radical. He grew he up just... in Britain to a Pakistani family. So he's not f- from Pakistan. He grew up in England. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to a Pakistani family. His father loved Hitler. Okay. Uh, and instead of college, he was like. And he's like, I'm going to go Islamic join, terror group. Yeah, I'm going to join Al Qaeda. Yeah. Um, and then, um, but on his way to booking his ticket, he read a, a single book. And then he said, well, I've got to go to Israel. So he just flew himself to Israel. He took that plane ticket. He said, Spirit Airlines, I'm, I want to make a change. Um, we're not going to Pakistan. We're going to Israel. He went there. He uh, saw Muslims and Christians and Jews living together. Uh, in harmony, dancing, and then he immediately converted to Christianity, <laughs> and then not Judaism, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> was, I don't know what. He's happened. like, I don't love Jews that much, and they're also like, no, we're not going to let you in. Uh, but he converted to Christianity, and and now he works in a pro-Israel Christian group. Just, um, it's an it's a remarkable origin story, um. That in no way sounds fake uh, and or uh, based on um, a multitude of Hasbara talking points. It It is. First of all, this person is a red flag that they ever wanted to join a terror group. Right. And the fact that you go like, oh, uh, you know what? I'm joining the wrong terror group. Yeah. You're like... <laughs> <laughs> like, He's still a radicalized individual. Very radicalized. And I'm just clearly like... Clearly you know, needs help. In... Um, in 12-step programs, we say uh, there is no geographical solution to a spiritual problem. And sure. I think that I think that applies here in spades, <laughs> you know? God, like, that's so scary. Yeah, isn't that great? I would, I would, if I was working with a guy and he was like, you know, I was going to join ISIS. <laughs> I would be like, what, dude? Yeah. Hold on, come again? No, no, I was going to, but then I read a single book. If he's was like, have you heard the, of Alan Dershowitz? No, it I'd was be like, Dersh. whoa. <laughs> you know the guy who's uh, keep the, the Epstein's like best friends with? He got OJ off. Like, even he... I would be like, guys, like, I don't really feel comfortable having a desk next to him. Right, I know. I don't. In... I'm not trying to like stereotype a Muslim man, but he's saying a lot of really scary shit i mean he's he's very much like leaning into the stereotype where he's just like hi just like any other pakistani i was gonna do murder (laughs) you're like whoa what the hell is this what do you mean it's like my dad loved hitler it's like i think this is a very you specific thing dude no it's all of us (laughs) i'm christian now though it's like good now i feel safer The, the the dad worshiping Hitler thing is like, uh, you were raised to be a problem. Yes, yes. I we think... need to go back and make sure your dad is not up to anything. Like, yeah, what are you talking about? I think there's a lot more, um, like, uh, fascist programming that has not been deprogrammed out of you. And I think maybe, um, y- you know, you started good with deciding not to join 
the Islamic State. But maybe let's continue that journey, baby. Let's keep that going. Let's not stop while we're, you know, midstream here. Because you you are now just doing other fascism, bro. Oh, whoa. And that video, that TikTok-inspired video where they high-fived at the end, I was like, oh, Lord, help us. I, I love it so much. God bless him. You know, whatever, whichever God he's now using as an excuse to do murder but um <laughs> as an excuse to excuse genocide that's Yikes. right uh, can i just say something real yes. quick i want to add to my uh voting point earlier that oh, uh i think uh i think i am pretty uh cynical of the upcoming election and sure. who knows what i will end up doing but uh i just want to encourage everyone to find that place for themselves i'm not telling anyone to not vote mm. i'm not telling anyone to vote I'm right. telling you to sort of take that in and what's happening in the world and and come up with the right solution for yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, because I, I don't care what anyone else does at this point because nothing matters. Uh, and mm -hmm. I, I believe at this point we have the right to determine to our own futures because the, yeah. clearly this government does not care about us. So yeah. I think you have to find your own solution to dealing with this horrible horrible state that we are in and the fact that you know all our money is going to go support a genocide so yeah and i'm saying very biased talking points but here's the thing that's the facts no that's the goddamn facts the, the, thems is the facts uh and that's all true and i i agree with you whole, wholeheartedly i'm i'm uh not telling other people what to do with their vote or how to vote and that is the point um you know uh if i'm not saying don't vote but I'm also not gonna say vote because I at this point I don't uh, I don't know how I can um, like there's no part of a debate with you about why you won't vote that I'm not going to agree on yeah. you know like, whereas before I maybe it wasn't cynical enough and could be like well you know as a pragmatic rational person it's like no at this point it's like I couldn't I couldn't in good faith engage with you in a counter argument because i wouldn't believe the counter argument right. you know so uh yeah again uh i encourage people like you to make your own decisions um and i'm not gonna browbeat you either way you know uh Same. i i would feel very good if uh you know people made pragmatic choices and i would also feel fine with people uh made um non-pragmatic choices i personally um I'm going to use my California privilege and uh, fucking, I don't know, Cornell West probably is going to get my vote. Um, you know, that's, uh, I mean, I vote third party most of the time anyways. Um, and uh, that's probably going to continue. Uh, mm. But anyways, that has been our pod. Um, Anna, thank you so much for coming on and talking about Israel with me. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Where can people find you? Um, I am at Anna Hosnier on Twitter. Mm -hmm. I'm at Selling Hosnier on Instagram. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Uh, we have a podcast, Ethnically Ambiguous, that you can find anywhere you find podcasts. It's a great podcast. Um, I stream once a week with my streaming co-host, Molly Lambert, where we talk about all things... We talk about all things like Bravo television, and then we talk a lot about politics, and we actually talk a lot about Palestine because, you know, it's unavoidable. We just have a lot of things we talk about. We talk a lot about, you know, Epstein. We talk a lot about, oh, uh, we talk a lot about Dersh. 
we talk a lot about just politics and life and the world and Bravo television and reality TV. So it's like a very well-rounded streaming. It's called Deckheads Pod. Uh, and we stream usually either Tuesday or Wednesday nights. Depends. I don't know. You can follow us and we post about it. So, yeah, yeah. that's where you can find me. Check it all out. Uh, Patreon.com slash Frotcast. Once again, to get all these episodes and then all also episodes of, uh, you know, pod yourself the wire and pod yourself a gun and also the Frotcast. And, uh, you know, just a bunch of fun podcasts that you can listen to that are great. Uh, badhasbara at gmail.com for all of your <clears throat> questions, comments, concerns, uh, anything you want to point out to me that you think is uh, something to talk about. Also, check us out on Reddit, uh, subreddit badhasbara. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. And until next time, still working out what the sign off's going to be, but uh, from the river to the sea. Now no one will hire me. Shout <laughs> That's out. fucking true. Good luck. <laughs> Shout out James Frick. Jumping jacks was us. Push-ups was us. Krav Maga us. All karate us. Taking Molly us. Michael Jackson us. Yamaha keyboards. Us. Georgia Mix not us. Andor was us. Heath Ledger Joker us. Endless Red Success. Happy Meals was us. Shit.